0: My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Karen Simpson, MS, RD, CDN, is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, certified health coach, and certified personal trainer. She has been a nutritionist in Stony Brook, New York, where she has provided nutritional counseling services for bariatric and prenatal patients and worked as a nutritionist and lifestyle consultant. Karen is currently the president of Innovative Health and Nutrition and Fitness, PC, in Middle Island, New York, where she provides nutrition counseling and health coaching services. She is also dietitian boss alumni, and we're really excited to share her story today. Welcome to today's episode, Karen. So happy to have you here, Karen. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where you started out and where you are now, and I'd love to hear um, how COVID has impacted things with your business as well.
1: Absolutely. First off, Libby, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for doing the Dietitian Boss Method. I greatly appreciate it because it helped me so much since COVID. So where I started out with social media was... Um, I was never a fan of social media. In fact, I would say that I am probably the least likely person to have ever gotten involved in any sort of social media. I still don't do social media for personal reasons, but what happened was less than two years ago at my job, uh, my coworker who was always looking at Instagram, looking at Instagram. And I kept saying, why are you doing that? And she was so frustrated with me saying, well, I'm just never going to get you to do Instagram. And I kind of took that on as a challenge, like, hmm, I'm going to learn this Instagram, see what it's all about. And long story short, after about a year and a half of trying to do Instagram to market my business on my own, I came across your program. And that has been really just the best decision I ever made. And since COVID started, I had my, I was working, I've been working three days a week at a job, three days a week with my clients. And since COVID started, I did have to translate my business into doing all virtual counseling, which was new for me. That was a big change. And then of course, integrated, integrating um, Instagram into my marketing strategy, which I really wasn't very strong with my marketing strategy before finding your program. So that's, kind of me in a nutshell in the past two years with social media and how I've grown more recently in the past year due to COVID changing the way I do things.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that, for that background. I have a few more follow-up questions and and I'm so glad you did the program. I'm happy you went through it and I love your attitude. Um, We were just chatting a little bit before uh, being on air and you did switch, not only being new to using social, but you switched from not doing virtual to doing virtual, which is a lot of changes all at once. Yes. So talk about like how did that impact you? How did that feel? What was the easiest or hardest part about transitioning to meet the needs of the world given COVID and still be able to do what you love, which is nutrition counseling and therapeutic remedies?
1: I would say the hardest part of it was most of it, which was um, all the tech challenges. I consider myself not a very tech-savvy person, and they these things tend to build up so much in my head, um, not knowing how to do this technology, not knowing how to navigate you know through instagram and just what i did was taking apart all those steps into tiny little pieces and breaking it down into doable little action steps each week basically i would just tackle them and just do them until I understood them. And I'm still a work in progress. I still have things to work on and I'm ready, willing, and able. And what the easiest part for me, what makes it easier, is that I just want to help people. I want to be able to impact as many lives in a positive way as possible and just help my clients with their goals. Yeah. So so you're motivated by to help people, which inspires you to break down tech,
0: even though it feels daunting. And I understand you're a work in progress as we all are, but. What would you say have been the biggest breakthroughs? Is it posting consistently? Is it codifying your message? What has the consistency with the weekly basis of learning tech, how has that brought you to the next level for marketing?
1: Well, what's brought me to the next level is learning all of these procedures as far as my tech challenges For one, it builds my confidence and helps me be better able to get my message across. Maybe it's through video. I have been more comfortable doing that. The more I practice, the better I get at it, where in the beginning, I might not even want to show my face on a picture or a story because I've never done that before, especially for me because I've never done social media for social purposes. So it's all a challenge, but a work in progress, like I said, (laughs) And how has it felt to switch? We talked about the marketing piece, and I,
0: I love that you have a great attitude. Um, what have been some of the barriers or biggest surprises with switching to telehealth? You know, transitioning to virtual uh, with clients, like how are a virtual medium? How has sure. that? Happened?
1: I was actually surprised at the positive response from my clients, I think because it makes life so much easier for them. They don't have to get into the car. They don't have to schedule it. So I have learned that it just makes me so much more accessible. You could see me during your lunch break. You could see me right before work. It just makes life so much easier. It's really a win-win. I have one client who's pretty much wheelchair bound due to her obesity. And it was a real challenge for her to come into my office go up the three steps, she would have to sit down, catch her breath. And now it's not a barrier for her that part.
0: Absolutely beautiful. So I love that you're talking about the clients and their accessibility and the ease of use for them, which is hugely important. But what about for you? Was there any surprises where it was easier than you thought? Or was, again, with the tech... Was that frustrating? What What were some of your experiences on the on the user end um, after you've explained that on the on the client?
1: Sure, sure. At my end, it was it's always that I tend to make things more difficult than they really are, especially when it comes to tech things, just because I don't understand the how and it doesn't come naturally to me. Let's say so. For example, the first time I was doing telehealth, I was scared out of my mind that anything could happen. The video could go off, the sound might work, all kinds of things might happen. And then when I saw after a couple of times how easy it really was, I thought, well, that's kind of ridiculous. I kind of overreacted to that. So some of the tech things aren't really as hard as I um, would originally think that they were. I love that reflection. And you're so like it's.
0: I hear so much and myself included that tech is a barrier and I love your story of how you're acknowledging you're still working progress and working through it and you've overcome a lot of that from the marketing angle to the actual service delivery angle meaning you know being more accessible and overcoming some of the challenges to see that perhaps there were some complica- uh, overly complicated mindset issues that might have been holding back going virtual sooner absolutely agreed yep. <laughs> And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the types of clients you work with, your current clientele. I know you mentioned the example of your client earlier. Um, I'm very familiar with your work, but I would love the listeners to have a better sense of who you are and what you do and, and, and all of that from, from your perspective.
1: Absolutely. So the ideal client that I work with, she is someone in her 50s, so she is over 50. She's someone who is, has been an overeater for probably her whole life. She needs to lose 50 pounds or more. A lot of the clients that come to see me need to lose hundred pounds or more. So like I said before, some of my clients are wheelchair bound for a good portion of the day. But most of my clients are people who have struggled with overeating and eating in response to an unhealed trauma or dealing with emotional problems super clear.
0: And then when it comes to your messaging and who you help and what you help them do, you just explain that so succinctly. Was that always your description or how has that evolved? Did you always know you wanted to help people who need to lose 50 pounds or did you get more and more dialed in and narrowed down?
1: Well, I'll try to make this a short version of a long story. I'm in, I'm 56 now. So in my twenties, I started out as a personal trainer. So basically my love of movement and my use of movement for stress management led me to become a personal trainer. So general fitness, um, you know, weight management, weight loss. And in this business of being a personal trainer, I got a lot of misinformation that led me to become the dietitian. So I went back to school, continued with my personal training clients, started to do one-on-one clients. I did corporate wellness programs. I taught sports nutrition to physical education students. I was having a lot of fun in a lot of things. And I also noticed the clients that I worked with over time started to have an unhealthy relationship with food. And it just seems that I gravitate towards the clients that have had these eating issues, not that I have struggled with overeating issues myself, I have had other struggles where I have had group support myself to overcome my struggles. And I feel like my professional and my personal experiences have really led me to connect with this niche of mine. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so
0: when you started using social media, were you as clear as you are now about helping the over 50 with over 50 pound weight loss, or is that something that became more dialed in given that you had that direction? Was it distilled down even
1: further in recent? Yes, it was distilled out even much more further. And I think I had that focus without really knowing I had that focus and your program helped me focus on it. So therefore my messaging could reflect that. Beautiful.
0: And how has that impacted your content creation process, given that the, the your messaging has been more distilled?
1: It makes it so much easier. It, it's incredible. It, all I have to do is look at my market research tracker and pull out what I learned to pull out from there and really zero it in. And it actually makes content creation a lot of fun. That's great. And did you always think content creation was fun? No. <laughs> Not at all, I would struggle and look and think and I would actually, you know, look and see what are other dietitians doing in weight loss. And once I learned your program, I had no desire and no need to look at anyone else's content for ideas. I just went to my market research tracker.
0: That's that's great. And then did it also save you some time too, because you are able to use resources and tools to come up with new content on a regular basis?
1: Yes. Yes. I am doing things, um, even reels, things that I never imagined I would be doing before learning your method. <laughs> Fantastic. And,
0: and what I love about it is that you
1: said you enjoy it.
0: And that's nice yes. too. I think that I don't emphasize that enough. Um, I know I talk a lot about freedom, flexibility, and, and creating a business to yield income and on towards that path. But the truth is there has to be elements of it that you do enjoy and I think content creation can be fun when you have a process and it can feel frustrating when you don't know what you're doing.
1: Yes. When I started out the program, I really didn't know what I was doing, obviously. And I, I had such struggles. And then I guess about four weeks into it, it just clicked. And when it clicked, I'm like, wow, this is actually fun. <laughs> well, I'm,
0: I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I, I love the work you're doing. I absolutely love your attitude and how you've been able to take what you have a natural talent towards doing and turn it into uh, your virtual marketing strategy, which is great. Thank you. It's super focused, which I love too. Um, So as far as we've already talked about what led you to start your private practice, you know, you were a personal trainer, and then you saw that the nutrition element was really the, the kind of the 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 issue right is that these people have these emotional issues with food and so would you say that your journey of starting personal training and then adding on the nutrition element and learning from being exposed to communities is what got you to where you are now um, as a practitioner that's helping virtually, um, given the pandemic, with this specialized weight loss demographic. Is that the evolution? Is there anything I missed from that
1: story? So the no, no, what I would really, the nutshell of my career story is really that it found me. I didn't go looking for it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? And
0: how did it find you? Did it find you because you positioned yourself in a way for it to connect?
1: Well, initially, like I said, it really all started in my 20s with my exercise class. And it just it kind of snowballed from there. And every step was, let's take the next step and the next step and the next step. And let's just see where it leads. Yeah, it's great. I, um, I I love that you have that
0: background and that you've been able to identify problems that are really serious and real and be able to provide support for that and then feel aligned. Um, do you still do any personal training at all or are you fully nutrition? Uh,
1: Fully nutrition, but because I still hold on to my certifications, I'm able to talk through anything, show an exercise. I feel very comfortable giving an exercise program, for example. Fantastic.
0: And, um, as far as, uh, tips for uh, effectively building the know, like, and trust factor, especially on social media, whether someone listening um, struggles with tech like many of our listeners, or maybe they haven't positioned themselves online yet, or they have, but they're not getting the results they want. What did you do to make people kind of feel more comfortable with you?
1: Sure. The one thing I did that was the most difficult actually, even more difficult than tech, because I always found that I'm a very private person was the following, showing your face, with video or pictures and being consistent with doing so. Also, I would start sharing something about yourself. And now, again, that was the most difficult part of this whole journey for me on social media because I'm a private person. So what made it easy for me was I thought about it and I thought, what am I not going to share? So I decided on the things I will not share X, Y, and Z. And once I decided on that, then thinking about what I can share and will share Became much easier for me, so that worked for me. Absolutely love that. So you said
0: boundaries, which I think a lot of um, our clients do that. They might not want, and there's no judgment for what is or isn't on the no share list. I've got clients that don't want to share their kids. Some mm-hmm. clients that's fine. They don't want to share their kids' faces. They don't want to talk about certain family stuff. Um, I, I think that's a really helpful approach the list can be smaller too from what you're not going to share versus what you are. And if that helps get you out there, building the know, like, and trust, then I think that's fantastic. And another
1: thing I would think of is if me sharing something about myself is going to help another client, then I'm going to do it. It's great. That's a great attitude. Uh, As far as you mentioned the
0: two pains that I think uh, our colleagues struggle with the most consistency in getting out there and showing your face what besides the list of what you, you know, what's the, the non-negotiable I'm not going to share versus everything else. Was there anything else that motivated you to get out there regularly and, or whether it's posting consistently on the feed or showing your face and your stories or reels, anything else that really kind of helped you with it? Did you just put it in your schedule? Anything tactical, anything affirmation wise that you posted on the wall?
1: Sure. Uh, I would say a couple of things. I'm a big believer in affirmations. I have a a little notebook that's titled uh, Every Day I'm Hustling, and I write down my positive affirmations related to my business that way. Um, I would keep a schedule, and I still do, of the things I'm going to do. Monday through Saturday, I'm going to hold myself accountable to if I showed my face. So I'm keeping track of that. And also getting the support from the other people in your program was really, really helpful and not to be undervalued. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing
0: that. And the affirmations that you write down every day, that's great. How
1: long have you been doing that practice for? Oh, I have probably been doing that since my twenties and it's something I have my clients practice and I'll use it for personal things too. If, you know, sometimes you have to be your own coach if you're struggling through something. So, you know, the more power to someone, if you could reframe the way you're talking to yourself and thinking um, about things, that's a big piece of what I do with clients.
0: Absolutely. Do you have any examples of particular clients where you've helped them shift and reframe um, anything that that
1: has to Sure. I have a couple of clients that come to my mind who really struggled with um, negative self-talk. And they literally had to write out sentences similar to saying, you know, I am worthy, I am important, and start really believing that about themselves. That's really powerful work that you're doing
0: uh, with your clients. Oh, I love it. It's very gratifying. yeah. Yeah extremely. And then to know that you're more accessible and you can help more people who find it harder to be mobile or don't have the time or energy to drive around um, by providing virtual care. Um, I think that's something that needs to be emphasized is that it's possible for us practitioners and it is possible for people on the other end. Um, Whether the listeners are switching from an in-person practice to virtual or those of you that don't have clients yet virtually, um, I think that there's two main things I'm hearing from today is that it's possible to get out there and market virtually, even though you might have setbacks like tech, which you can learn, especially <laughs> with the affirmation practice, which helps you break through and that virtual consultations, coaching, counseling programs um, are helpful to increase accessibility for our clients because ultimately we are here to help them. And I think for those that are shy to do that or to implement it or expand it and make that part of full time I think it's important to remind our colleagues that because it's yeah. still so new it's still not widely accepted it's still seen as something so foreign in our field even though hello covid it's it's i'm still not seeing people fully adopt um, yep. all of the tools and techniques that we have at our fingertips.
1: Not the tools are there;
0: we just have to use them. <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, with your affirmation practice, we're one step closer. <laughs> um, so, a couple more questions about your unique situation. It's um, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I I love hearing your story about starting out as loving movement and having it progress to the practice you have today with adding nutrition. Um, I also am a, a fellow former personal trainer, although my uh, my personal training, uh, a, a examination, registration, whatever license it has lapsed. So I did not keep that up, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, definitely relate with that. We have a lot of um, past clients and current clients that do both. So I, I love the synergy between the two. I think a lot of clients like that too. Yeah. That's um, so a nice, um, differentiator for you among some of you, know, other people who help in a similar demographic as you, um, so just a couple, couple of things I want to ask I, um, in context of growing your social media or, or um, using social media, um, what did your feed first look like versus how does it look now after you've been able to love content and break through some of those tech barriers? What, what have been some of the visual? And it was kind of hard over a podcast, but if you could explain sure. some of those elements that are updated or new.
1: Absolutely. So before your program, my um, feed was not clear. It was not focused. I would think that when someone would see it, they kind of knew I was into weight loss, but not. Razor sharp focused that it is now. Now it's very specific, it, specific and targeted to my ideal client. I have improved on my graphics. I've improved on my font size. Uh, a lot of things have changed, and you could really see if you look at my old ones versus my new ones, you could see a dramatic difference. And then showing
0: your face as well. So I'm, I don't know if you used to yeah. that, but now you're very prevalent in your feed. You, you pop up all the time, and I can I can know, like, and trust you from that.
1: Yes, that is very new for me. I'm not from the generation where you take selfies. So that was all new. Oh, I'm taking pictures of myself. Why would I show a picture of myself? So it's a really um, big mindset turnaround. And and how does it, does it just feel more natural now that you're doing it? Are you
0: getting good feedback or or how, how does it, how has that emotionally um, been to you?
1: It's been a lot of fun. It was scary at first, um, but part of the fun part about doing something scary is the fact that you did it and you lived through it. And with some of the reels that I had done, I got such positive feedback, even ones that I thought, wow, I don't know if I should do this, but it looks kind of fun. Let's try it. So it's just a good feeling to know that it doesn't have to be so cut and dry and boring that you could do something kind of fun if you decide to do so.
0: It's great. I love it. And, um, I'm happy to hear that the, it's not just the messaging, like you said, the razor sharp focus, it's also some of the tactical elements, like you mentioned the font size. So, so getting a flow down and somewhat of a template, so to speak of what you're posting regularly, um, so that things are more clear across the board is helpful for you so that you don't have to spend hours a day and helpful for your potential clients who can find you faster because your, your content's attractive. Um, so that's, that's all good. Um, any anything you want to share about just in closing, um, approaching sales and mindset around that, and then the last thing I would say is, um, and this might tie in, um, any advice for fellow practitioners who are scared about technology or scared to show their face or, or all of the above, you know, all the issues that our colleagues um, experience.
1: Absolutely. So the advice I would give is to allow yourself to be afraid, but take the step anyway. And the next piece of advice I would give to someone starting out is always, always, always strive to do more than you think you're capable of. Because once you step out of your comfort zone, one, you're going to feel so good that you are able to do that. And you're going to surprise yourself at what you're going to be capable of doing. Absolutely beautiful. And so for, it's easy
0: to say, but it's so hard to get someone to start.
1: Getting started is the first step. It's the, it's the hardest for sure. But you just have to force yourself and just do it. Be be okay with being uncomfortable and just do it. Nothing you don't get anywhere in your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, it's, I think that's the biggest issue for our colleagues is that hardest step because you know your progress can be slower or faster. But if you know, it's not going to go anywhere if you haven't started. So my hopes is that by having, you know, the listeners use the hashtag show your face and by listening to stories like you're sharing, Karen, more people can be inspired to just start showing their face and start posting regularly. Um, it's, it's a good
1: step, right? Yeah. It's and a good one step. thing that made it easier for me to do any sort of video the very first time in a story was I would think of some of my clients who, it was so uncomfortable for them to even just move their body an extra 60 seconds every day for the next week. That is a challenge for them or even 30 seconds because they're so out of breath. And I would try to put myself in their shoes. Like, well, they're making themselves do something uncomfortable to come out the other end and be better. I'm going to make myself therefore uncomfortable to improve myself and come out a little bit better at the other end.
0: I love that. That is
1: so helpful. So
0: you, you care so much about your clients that you're motivated to think through what they struggle with, which you can appreciate is unique to their set of circumstances, the same way that what's the struggle for you is unique to your set of circumstances. And that motivates you to let them know, or in some way, shape or form, you're breaking through the same way they are. Um, so that's really nice. I would say self-talk, right? For, for us. Oh, definitely. Yes. Thoughts. Uh, Uh, You are really inspiring, Karen, with the work you've done overcoming challenges, sharing your story. I love hearing about your progression, Um, personal trainer to virtual dietitian. Um, Is there anything else you want to share with us um, that would be helpful,
1: uh, or anything
0: we should know before before we wrap?
1: If I could do this with all of the tech challenges that I have had, anybody can do it. it. That's a, that's a great sign-off.
0: Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Loved having you in the program. Loved supporting you. Loved your energy and your tips today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Libby. <laughs> if you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. Our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high-level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients Uh, me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, or you can find in the show notes a link to apply.